talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing this week? Can you believe it's already a few weeks into 2020? Wow. If this is the first time you're joining us, I would encourage you to listen in from the first episode. We aren't exactly a serial podcast, but we aren't episodic either. Leave it to me to be different. (laughs) I have provided various exercises and tasks for you along this journey. So you'll be able to build yourself up, look at life from a different perspective, not allow yourself to fall into the depths of despair. But if you feel like that's where you are right now, perhaps listening from the beginning will help that will give you a sense of hope and uplift you. Now, I realize I started this podcast in early December, and that was intentional. I wanted to help you better understand how to prepare for Christmas, Hanukkah, and other year-end holidays, and also how to walk through them and hopefully enjoy them to the best of your ability. Because these holidays can be very difficult, especially if it's your first time encountering them, you more than likely don't know what to expect, and I wanted you to have a better feel for what could happen so you wouldn't be so surprised. And the Sunday before the new year, I gave you a challenge to look at what you truly wanted this year instead of what you didn't want. When we are so wrapped up in our grief, we feel so sad, so negative. And my hope was for you to design a new life, a new plan for this year. So while the holidays have now come and gone this year, it would be wise to take the time to listen to my podcasts in order. So you will have a good background on holiday grief So when another holiday comes around during the year that may trigger pain for you, you will have a sense of what to expect and how to handle it. Plus, 
You will be up on this when next November and December rolls around. So go through the episodes in their order, and I believe you will see the method to my madness. I did all this intentionally, so you will participate in the gratitude journal and exercises, yes, even the holiday ones, so you can create new choices at other holidays, which will come up ahead this year. And please let others know about this podcast who might need it, since many people grieve secretly. They may let their pain slip every once in a while, or tell you their story once you've shared yours. And at that point, please let them know about the show. I would really appreciate that. The primary purpose behind why I developed this podcast was to help you realize that you don't have to grieve every moment of every day. You are allowed, even entitled, to live your life while you're grieving for a loved one. And I want you to do this without any guilt. I believe for some unknown reason, we bought into the lie that we weren't allowed to live our life after they have moved on to the next phase of their own journey. And whether that is heaven for those who believe, or some other place out there, it's still a new place for them. Now, personally, I'm a heaven kind of gal. I've spoken with too many folks who describe their death moving into the glorious white light, and came back to tell about it. All of the miraculousness on the other side. Is that a word, miraculousness? Hmm, not sure. Oh well. I like it. The most impactful part of all of it was that when we die, we are greeted by the people we love who have gone before us. They are waiting for us just beyond the stream of golden light we follow and walk toward. For me, that sounds wonderful. Can you imagine that when you died, you will be greeted by that special loved one you are grieving for today? Isn't that such a magnificent thought to consider? Such an amazing thing to look forward to? To know they are alive and well and enjoying the next life with relatives and friends whom they grieved for before they died. If your mother died, she is visiting with her mother and father now, just waiting for years, even decades, until she will see you again. And if your daughter died or your son died, it seems comforting to know you're older maybe even younger relatives, were there to greet her or him when she arrived in heaven or when he arrived in heaven and is now safe with them until you yourself die and are greeted by the little baby, the child, the teen, maybe young adult that you grieve for today but will embrace one day when it's your time. I know it's kind of scary to think that each one of us has a date when this will all end. It's not something we choose to think about often, but it lingers in the background, and it's something we have no control over. Before you experienced a loved one's death, chances are you didn't consider 
when you would die or what you would be going through after their death. You didn't think about your own death or the death of those you love. It really wasn't on your radar. Yet we want to believe if we do things right on this earth, somehow we will be spared from tragedy and pain. But the truth is, we can't, and we don't. Control is elusive. Some of us run circles around our family and friends trying to keep all of us safe. But in the end, the manner and the time of our death is already preordained, meaning predetermined. Some place that responsibility on God. Some place that responsibility on the universe. Some don't place that responsibility on anything or anyone. But regardless of where you place that responsibility, the amount of time we have on this earth is not naturally up to us. Now, we may push it along if we use alcohol, drugs, fast car racing, and other reckless actions. We may decide to suddenly call our life to an end through suicide. But ultimately, the day we are to die is the day we are to die. So why do I say this? Because we might be saved from those reckless actions by a firefighter or a paramedic. And then that day wasn't the day. And if we keep being reckless, another day will be. But for those who don't choose recklessness, our day will come perhaps when we least expect it. Even in the case of chronic illness and degenerative illnesses, when we die, our surviving family members and friends still question why it was that specific day that they died. If a person died of a form of cancer and was ill for many years, back and forth with treatments, recovered, and then the illness reappeared, we will wonder why it was that exact day that was chosen for them. You may wonder, we went through all this pain, treatment, suffering, and they died now? I believe they had many more years to live. What was all this for? For other families who may have experienced their loved one's death by accident or sudden death, the shock is overwhelming, but in a different way. Maybe it was a car accident, stroke, heart attack, natural disaster like hurricane, earthquake, flood, or fire. Maybe a plane crash, drunk driving crash, intentional murder or terrorist act. Death of a law enforcement officer, firefighter, or member of the military. All of these came suddenly, no warning. You may have said goodbye to them in the morning and they never returned at night. Instead, a police officer appeared at your door with the unbelievable news. Or a military officer arrived to share the devastating news that your son or daughter was killed in action in a faraway place overseas. We are never ready for the death of someone we love deeply. How can we be? We try to prepare if they've been sick. 
We cannot prepare for a sudden death. We don't want to even consider they will do anything to jeopardize their life. But sometimes this happens. There will be deaths you think you can accept, and others you believe you can't. But ultimately, whatever life hands you, you have no choice but to live through it. And I realize that seems quite unfair to say, but if you have survived them, that's just the way it is. And you might wish it wasn't that way. You might sometimes wish you went before them. And I can definitely understand that. But at times like these, we don't get to pick and choose our life experiences. We only get to learn how to deal with what comes. There is a saying that 20% of life is what happens to us, and 80% is how we deal with it. And we might want to blame God, and blame others, and even blame the person who died because they didn't take care of themselves. Or they were reckless, or selfish, and indulgent, and it created a complete mess that you now have to deal with. In the case of addiction, or they decided to get involved in gangs and now they have been killed, and you are left wondering what happened. Why did they choose that life? And look where it got them. And sometimes guilt creeps in because you wonder what you could have done differently. So you blame them for their demise. You blame them for being so stupid, especially after you warned them about possible consequences. And even if it wasn't a gang, maybe it was just the wrong crowd. Watching them hanging out with people who just didn't have their best interests at heart. People who used them, abused them, took advantage of their good nature. People who put them in dangerous situations and locations. People who you wish they had left alone and chosen a different path with better people who really cared about them. But they couldn't see it. They made all the excuses for those people. And it isolated you from your loved one. And you wish you could turn back time and have the son, daughter, wife, husband, or other loved one who you knew. The one who was loving and connected and part of your family. And wanted that life too. But instead you now grieve for them. You grieve for the person they once were, the life they once lived, the way life used to be, the love you both shared. Now you are left with sorrow and pain for what they did or didn't do. You wish it was different. You wish they were still here. Somehow you wonder, what a complete waste of a beautiful life. They didn't have to die so soon. But you need to remember something very, very important. They made those choices. They decided on that route, on that path. It wasn't the path you wanted for them, 
but it was the path they decided for themselves. And you hate it. I know. And you can let that sorrow spin out of control. And you can let others blame you. And you can let others wonder why you weren't a better parent or a sister or brother. And it can seem like everyone is against you. But the sad reality is, they made those choices, not you. They were old enough to decide on those drugs, on that alcohol, on those gangs, on those friends, which all led down the wrong path. So now, you have to decide whether you want to wallow in self-pity for the rest of your life. Or slowly build something different. And even if you are listening and saying, but my loved one didn't move down such a path. That's okay. You might have your own type of guilt for what you wish you had done or hadn't done. And you too need to let that be. Nothing comes from stopping yourself from living a full life. If you haven't listened to my new year, new decade, new life in episode four, you really need to do so. In that episode, I ask you to look at the different sectors of your life, emotional, physical, intellectual, spiritual, financial, and social, to make decisions about at least one thing you will do in each area this year. Will you learn EFT, the Emotional Freedom Technique, to help you get your emotions more settled? As I mentioned then, my favorite practitioner is Brad Yates, and you can find him on YouTube, but I'll put a link in the show notes to his site. In the physical area, can you get up a little earlier? Take a walk first thing just to give yourself some fresh air, move your body so you aren't stagnant? In the intellectual area, will you decide to learn a new skill, take a course, join a particular podcast to teach you something new? In the spiritual area, perhaps choosing a short 10-minute meditation each morning would work well for you. Not too long, something you would stick to, to bring you more peace. Maybe you'll venture back to church or synagogue and see how it feels these days. You might take my tip and visit when it's empty. I love how peaceful it is when there are no services going on. This is my favorite time to just be with God alone. In the financial area, What can you do to reorganize your finances, reduce debt, discard clutter in your home, perhaps sell some things, give away some things? I believe you can't bring in new things unless you let go of the old and make room for the new. And maybe in the social area, you decided to join a support group specifically for your type of grief where you can make new friends and perhaps share coffee or lunch. And if you did listen to episode four, I added the giving back category. 
Where are you giving back? Have you brought a plate of food to an ill neighbor? Perhaps you'll share your wealth with a worthy cause, like the Foundation for Grieving Children, which I started many years ago. Or the Salvation Army. Just promise me you'll really look at how the funds are used. Some of the top names in the nonprofit world are definitely not sending their money to the people they say they help. Instead, their administrative costs are heavy and little moves directly to the people. Not nice and definitely not responsible. And most people don't know this. They only hear the top charity names and think they are solid. Oh my, but sadly, they aren't. So do your research and find out how much they pay their CEOs, what percentage goes to their cause, and what their business model is. And I thank you for doing that research. So this week's exercise is to keep writing the five things you are grateful for each evening in your journal and fill in each category with things you do want instead of always thinking about what you don't want. You see, if you continually think about what you don't want, you can't have what you do want. So if you've already filled in each category with good things for the new year, I applaud you. Keep going and don't stop. Fill your life with positive, uplifting things that will make you feel good about yourself. You can't change the past, but you can definitely change the future. And if you haven't started your lists in each category, then today is your day. You are entitled to live your life while grieving. You don't get to wallow anymore, no matter how messy grief is. And yes, it seems like the right thing to do, but believe me, it's not. It isn't going to do you any good. It only sinks you deeper into the rabbit hole which I don't want for you. I want you to look at the positive. I want you to feel grateful for all you have, all you accomplish, even if it's just the littlest thing, like doing some dishes today. I want you to celebrate your successes, not dwell on all that's left to be done. Just take small bites and keep moving forward. I want you to remember, I am your biggest cheerleader. So now, let's get up, dance to the music, or wiggle in your seat. This is a new day, and I'm happy you're in it with me. Remember to write your five things you're grateful for in your gratitude journal each night. Add to the categories 
ideas of what will bring you happiness, things you'll do this year. Subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this episode. And if you'd like to leave a comment, go to marymac.info, my site, click on the podcast tab at the top, look for episode seven, click on the read more and leave your comments. I'd love to read how this has helped you. I wish you a wonderful week. Remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll talk to you soon.